Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Bit like a hard Brexit. Fingers crossed, everybody. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. If you're interested in becoming a manager, why not speak to my Neil? He can tell you all you need to know about becoming a manager, as he is a manager. He can advise you on management overalls, management willies, and the right management hand scrub to use to get the pig <laughs> shit out from under your fingernails. Because he's a manager. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dumpty 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 Dum, Dumpty Dumpty Dum Dum, Dumpty 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 Dum, Dumpty Diddly Dum, Dumpty Diddly Dumpty Diddly Dumpty Diddly Dum, Dumpty 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 Dum, Dumpty Diddly Dum. Sorry, that was really bad. But there you go. Bye. This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama drama that are centered on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the erect souffle that is Royfield Brown. With me, I have the collapsed eggy mess that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the village fate, complete folks, hey, hey, is you. Now, this week's Dumpty Dum is from our Dusty, ah, the wrong sort of listener. Now, Lucy, if somebody wants to send us in a Dumpty Dum, how exactly can that be done? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203-031-3105 or you can leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek, Lone in the Back Bedroom. Uh, Derek is delighted at the news that the RAF is finally going to let men with beards in the service for the first time. Uh, great news there for Tom Cruise, Prince Edward and Lawrence Llewellyn Bowie. <laughs> You know what? I think I got that joke the second time around, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, folks, we did record this. Uh, this is the same time of recording, but I got it now. I got it. I got it. I got it. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> On this week's episode, here views from Morgan NYNY, well, I like him, Keith, Master Miles, and R. Paul. But first, before talk of redlining, socioeconomics, the dispossessed working class, people of colour being uh, denied the American dream, all things are very relevant. And speaking about Ambridge, it's our Lucy and her week in Ambridge. <laughs> It 
was quite like old times this week. We had a right you are, a casual mention of an entire farmling family we've never heard of before, a silver band, and a get off my land. Oh, welcome back, the archers. I have missed you. We began the week at the fate, the new up-to-date avant-garde fate that featured Elton John and a bake-off. Oh, it's so newfangled, these young people and their modern ideas. The right Reverend Archbishop of Nowhere, Shula Hebden Lloyd, had wrestled the loud hailer off her brother. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to watch a man have his souffle measured and to pay 50p for the privilege of sticking our hands in some sawdust in the hope that we'll emerge clutching a mini Mars bar. I myself will be offering life guidance from the bus shelter where you, the common people, can benefit from my lifetime's experience of shoveling horse shit and enjoying a failed marriage. Amen. Mm. Meanwhile... (laughs) No, it is good. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Rory was doing Norman Collier impressions over the live link, one for the teenagers there. So, Ian, you're the chef at Gay Grables. I bet your husband just loves gobbling up your... Now, whose is bigger, your or Hughes? Now, the thing about is not how big they are, of course, but how high they get. Hughes was 18.5 centimetres, which sadly Ian was unable to beat. Uh, which probably mm. explains why Adam sounds so miserable all the time. Anyway, the best <laughs> bit of the whole day was the way Linda pronounced souffle. Hugh was crowned king chef, and everyone else went home saying king fate. For some reason, Linda was pretending to be Joan of Arc, <laughs> who, to my admittedly dodgy memory, was burned at the stake, surely not hit in the face with a wet sponge. I mean, she definitely wasn't, because that would have put the fire out. Anyway, ours was not a reason why. Ours was just to thank God that we don't have to listen to two overconfident teenage boys on a regular basis. Alistair is now spending more time with Shula than when they were married. I thought Shula had a bit of a thing for Yakult, but she's now started dashing off every time he appears. But I presume we're now going to have to go through an odd couple storyline with him and Kate. (laughs) Each time a single person moves to the village, a conveyor belt jerks into life, hauling past other singletons to be inspected by the new resident so we can all have a good think about the possibilities. It's like the generation game without the washer-dryer. Yakult is now labouring under the impression that spiritual hummus is a knocking shop. It would actually be a good deal more profitable if it was, and it wouldn't matter either that the entire place is fluorescent. It wouldn't just be clients' faces that lit up. Oh, you look glowing, people could say, particularly around the crotch. I think Kate's <laughs> missed a trick there. Anyway, there was much hilarious offence and halting explanations, but actually I have got a lot of time for Yakult. I've realised something. He performs <laughs> a valuable service. Yakult is a character in The Archers who behaves exactly like a listener's spouse who doesn't listen to The Archers, if you follow me. You know when you're listening and a family member wanders past and says, who's that talking? Is that the horsey one that gets on everyone's wick? That's exactly what Yakult would say. He's already described harassment as policeman, <laughs> married to tea room woman, lives two doors down. I do, hope he pe- I do hope he keeps this up. Ah, hello, Asian solicitor who's only allowed to speak when a culturally controversial storyline comes up, he might say. Or, good morning, very, very old Tory lady with a horrible cat who won't say who she's leaving her money to so she can keep getting free lifts to the hairdressers. Meanwhile, Krusty and Philip moved into their new house in Beechnuts. Theirs is called Dunmonin. It wasn't a second before Krusty was out in the garden, bossing all the wildlife about. It's always the way. People buy smart houses on these rural developments, and all the wildlife that's lived there for years get moved into social housing on sink estates. Have you ever seen a newt sniffing glue? Well then. Sorry, I'm digressing. Philip decided to take Krusty through her back door and put his neck out. Serves him right, the dirty (laughs) guest. Good news. Ed has got a new job as a drover. 
a Land Rover. He just has to rush about shouting rum, 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 and not indicating at crossroads. And Timothy has reclaimed Eddie's van, or maybe he's rewilded it. I'm not sure. And also reclaimed all the hooky fertilizer, which Eddie thinks is a good thing and Ed thinks is a bad thing, but I'm not sure why either of them think that, so I'm ignoring it. Hey. Brookfield has done a submission to Ambridge's Got Talent, which seemed to be about stopping cows burping. Don't give them fizzy drinks and don't encourage them by laughing, is my advice. Pep seemed profoundly unimpressed as it didn't have enough technology in it. Don't worry, Pet. I'll adjust the proposal, said Ruth, and wrote, and robots on that on it in blue felt tip. Anyway, if Valerie and Steve at Overton Farm are entering, then no one else stands a chance. You know what they're like. There was a lot of coming and going from Oliver. He left Italy, went back to the pub, left the pub, and is going back to Gay Grables to annoy Linda, which cannot happen too soon. His preferred candidates for any available job at either the ball or the hotel are Tracy, Freddie, and Ed Grundy, the three most terrifyingly inept candidates for any job in the world ever. So personally, I'd like to see Ed as the new beautician at Gay Grables. I've got some new eyelash serum here. Now, you could pay full price, but I've got a vat of some unlicensed stuff out the back. Tracy on reception and Freddie dealing shires, roasted peanuts and ease from behind the bar at the ball while Kenton tries desperately to stop him. And Lillian can't help as she's too busy as she's decided that now the ball's got a wall and electric light, it might benefit from running water too. And unsurprisingly, Susan and Clary fell out. Unsurprisingly, because A, Susan has not been able to speak to Clary for the last month without including the words, my best friend, what would I do without you? How long have we known each other? Which demonstrated to us all that things were about to go bums up. And B, because in effect, Susan told Clary that all Grundies were feckless twisters. And Clary responded by reminding Susan that she'd only just got the taste of porridge out of her own mouth. And to be fair, compared to the Horribins, the Grundies are like the bloody Waltons. But it is not nice to see Clary and Susan fall out. The men will be utterly useless at fixing it and will probably continue to buy each other sneaky pints in the bull and roll their eyes ruefully while professing to back up their wives in public with the occasional remonstrance of remonstrance of that's enough love before being shouted down and what will it take to fix the situation a crisis a death Uh uh-oh come in joe grundy your time is up the end oh i really like that r loose so much better than last week but you know what though lucy i think right we should have a proper natter about um all things ambridge in and around our many calls. Okay. Hello, Average3962. <laughs> Hi, it's Morgan from New York, Morgan NYNY on Twitter. It's been a really long time since I've called in, so I'll say I work for a national nonprofit in the U.S., And I think I'm a Harrison Burns. I remember when all the ladies of the WI were very excited that he was going to come visit. I totally don't think Ed and Emma are going to stay separated. That just, it just can't last long. What I do want is for Peggy to just decide to outright buy the house and then go to Emma and say, I bought this house. Now let's figure this out. So I'm dreaming. Thanks for everything. Bye. (laughs) Surely the best candidate. Oh, by the way, um, Nice to hear your voice again, Morgan. Yes. The best candidate to help them out is Oliver, isn't yes, it? Now he's back absolutely. As well, well d- o- Oliver's, Oliver's the male Peggy, isn't he? He's like, Mr. Mm. Let me help you, and suddenly popping up with the money, but he doesn't do the emotional blackmail that Peggy <laughs> that Peggy does with hers. Yeah. Um, 
Well, it would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, but I, I haven't heard any of this. I know we're recording this uh, really late owing to technical issues, um, but I haven't heard any of this week, so I don't know if they are still, I presume they're still uh, estranged. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot more they can do with it if they stay apart rather than get back together. The script writers, you yeah. know. Um, yeah, I, as I said last week, I'm all for them getting back together for no other reason than um, in life, that's the way that it goes mm. for 50% of the time when you say, that's it, I'm out, I'm, 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 we're, we're over. Yeah. You know, even if you have a period where you are physically not sleeping under the same roof, um, especially when there are kids involved, uh, the chances are it's 50-50 that actually it's just a temporary thing and you, and you get back. And and as I said, I call it the messy normality. And I kind of like that messy normality. But there are there is lots of fun and lots of avenues the script writers can go down during that estranged period. And um, though in terms of socially gregarious characters, in terms of characters that go out and do, do weird and wonderful things and stuff, um, Ed and Emma aren't exactly those, are they? They're two actual homebodies, really, and uh, are committed to their family. But still, um, I think the scriptwriters have um, you know, enough there to, to paint um, a plausible scenario where are they going to get back together, are they not, uh, and then actually they'll probably end up doing so because you know they've got um a family in common and you know that they live in a village Mm. so they're going to bump into each other all the time aren't they yeah so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um should we have another call yes all right then um is our this is paul whiskin hello you two this is paul whiskin recording under my proper name for a change Anyway, you had a lovely chat about infant reaction to people of different race or appearance or whatever. I thought I would just share a story from my childhood. One day, a travelling salesman turned up at the front door. And it was the first time, as a boy of about three or four possibly, I'd ever seen a Pakistani. And he had a (laughs) moustache. So after he left the house, I turned to my mum and I just said, Mummy... Did you see that rusty man with eyebrows on his mouth? <laughs> Just thought I'd share it. Anyway, good luck to you all. Bye-bye. A rusty man, did he say? Mm. <laughs> yeah, a rusty man. <laughs> <laughs> a travelling salesman. Yes, that's an expression you don't hear it isn't, anymore. It isn't, is it? Isn't it? Bloody annoying git who stops yeah. you mashing the potatoes at tea time and they ring the sodding doorbell trying to sell you rubbish. Yeah, there's always like the Amway salespeople. There's the, you know, it's not, yeah, the Avon lady was never a traveling sales lady, but there's always those people who used to knock on your door, ring your doorbell in the 70s and the 80s and early 90s and stuff before the internet did away with, with the need of such things. Stuff. Um, I tell you, uh, my uncle, who <laughs> used to be more left than Stalin. Than Lenin, right. let's say, right? And Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> mm. Always used to tell me um, an illustrative story about um, seeing people who are different for the first time. And I know I, I witter on and stuff. And um, but after my my socio economic musings on and last week's episode, 
and I had and I had a few little like, nice messages and stuff. I feel I can I can go again this week. So here we go. Um, as I said, the whole setup of this is that my uncle is more left than than Lenin, and he always and he, he told me this story and he said, if you were um, imagine it's the nineteen fifties, you're born and bred in Burnley, right? Yeah. And that that's that's your whole world. And one day you get on a bus and it's driven by a black or a brown person, you are going to be shocked. Mm-hmm. You've never seen one before, a black or a brown person, but you, you've heard that they exist and maybe your only reference to seeing them has been in a Tarzan movie. Yeah. You are going to be legitimately shocked and you might even walk off the bus saying, I don't know if this person can take me from point A to point B safely. Yeah. And he says, we often forget the visceral shock of just seeing somebody different out of our norm. Exactly. And he says, and he always said, so I have much more understanding for somebody who is, bear in mind he said this to me like 20 odd years ago, but let's say somebody who was 70 and 80 and who is prejudiced and racist. than somebody who is, you know, um, 50 and younger. He said, I'm not not excusing them, but I understand yeah. that in their formative years, they didn't see people like this. And yeah. the whole construct of, this, of the site of that time was that these people were not only different, but were inferior. Yeah. And I've, and I've never forgot that. And I've yeah. never, never forgot that. Of course, you know, by the time, of, you know, that, that I came along, being a little uh, lad in Brum, um, white folks had been used to seeing uh, yeah. people of different skin colours around. Whether they liked or not is actually a, di- a different issue. But at least the, there wasn't that visceral yeah, kind of like, the shock. bloody hell. Yeah. 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 But it, it, I say that's, that's always kind of informed me yeah. as to prejudice, racism, etc. And then, And then the thing is, it's, we all hold prejudice because without prejudice, we wouldn't be able to function as adults. You know, if you see uh, somebody walking down the street with an axe, your prejudice tells you to get over to, um, to the other side yeah. of the road and maybe call the police. So you can't just say, oh, I live in a happy, hippie, yeah. you know, free wonderland and they're just holding an axe and that's all fine. So I'm going to walk up to them and say, how are you today? <laughs> my that's a nice axe. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but it's what you do with your with your prejudice, yeah. and prejudice in and of itself is not a bad thing. To prejudge is not necessarily a bad thing because you assess situations and stuff. So, all right. So, thank you, Mister Mister Whiskin, uh, for your uh, your anecdote about the, the rusty coloured man. And then I just went off on a tangent, as is my want. Uh, but I, hopefully, Keith is going to bring this back onto matters Ambridge esque. Hello, young Keith here. Hope everyone is well. Um, well, listening to last week's Omnibus, so this is I'm a, I'm a week behind at this point. I felt my lips curling smugly as uh, as Emma approached Miss Piggy for her last resort cash injection. I thought my prediction is actually going to be correct. Peggy is going to bail her out here against all the odds wrong. and of course I was wrong <laughs> but um, but I've got a new plot prediction which I'm almost certain 
is what's going to happen, which is with all the the sort of goings on with Jim and the Grundies, etc., they haven't had the time to kill off Joe yet. And I feel that Joe's death, um, with all the grief that it will bring, not just to the Grundy family, but to the whole village, could be first step in bringing Joe and not bringing Joe in bringing Ed and Emma back together uh, and I think that could be the start of their inevitable get back together what do you think I th- are you still What's there it? I think yes I'm, I'm I there. think that is uh, very good I think that's quite likely it will either bring, as I said in the monologue I think it will bring Clary and Susan back together uh, but mm. yes it will it will be a way of pulling the Grundies back together, getting the family together, getting people thinking sort of of more uh, spiritual things rather than the house and, you know, squabbles with each other. It will be a sort of a, um, a dramatic shake-up for them. Yes, I hope it does. I hope it does. I, I don't really hope. I don't think that it brings Ed and Emma back together because I find them very irritating as a couple, but I do hope it it brings um, Clary and Susan um, back together. Mm. It's going to be difficult for Clary and Susan to keep up this animosity when they both work in the, uh, you know, the, the, the cheese. What, 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 what exactly do they call it? The cheesery. Work, you know, making cheese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Work making cheese together, you know, cheap by jowl. Cheese Literally. Yes. Mm. so yeah i don't know how that's sustainable uh kind of going forward they're either going to kill each other or yeah. uh just like you know drop it rather quickly because yeah we're also everyone's going to know because as soon as helen know you know helen and tom are going to notice pat is going to notice pat doesn't talk to anybody else in the village apparently so that would be all right she won't tell anybody but helen tells people things doesn't she she's quite gossipy mm. well she's kind of a bit ooh, ooh, so you know Yes, it, it will all be oh. all around the village. Absolutely. Absolutely all around the village. Uh, Keith, young Keith, nice to hear from you again, sir. Uh, now it's Master Miles. Lucy, it's Master Miles. Master Miles. <laughs> Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Master Miles calling from a beautiful day in upstate New York. I haven't called for a while because I was traveling, so I have some older business to take care of. First... Adam and Ian's clubbing episode. I know you talked about this on the podcast already, but I wanted to point out that this was yet another case of the writers being excessively careful to show that Adam can be a gay character who isn't a gay stereotype. However, I fear they've overcorrected and made him not even gay. That gets us to other characters, and I know right now the smart money is on Ben and Rory as the up-and-coming, pardon the expression, gay couple. But I'm still hoping Freddie Pargeter will come out of his shell and maybe the closet as he takes up being a hotel receptionist and, yes, shine a light on plastic. He's going to become an avant-garde artist. It's just what Ambridge needs. In other business, I want to talk about massage on the radio. I don't know where this plot line is going with Jacob and Kate, but I love it. However... I get massage a lot because I run a lot, and so I'm sore a lot. If I had a massage therapist who talked throughout a massage the way Kate did, or tried to upsell me on other treatments during the massage, I would be off the table and out of the office in no time at all. 
the fact that Jakob stuck around for it shows that he either has no standards or maybe had some other reason to stay. Also, the fact that apparently Kate walked in on him, stark naked, at the beginning of the massage suggests that she's not giving clear instructions on how to prepare for a massage, which is take your clothes off, lie down, and put a sheet over yourself, or he just wasn't paying attention. Anyway, we're all standing erect to see where this goes next. (laughs) Bye now. (laughs) But, Master Miles, how did you ever expect anything any task that Kate performs to do to have any level of professionalism at all. When she said, I'm extremely highly qualified, I thought, really? What, someone's actually, you know, you've actually shut up and listened to enough instructions and done something properly uh, for long enough to actually get a certificate? I don't believe it. Um, of course she would talk all the way through it because she's a massive narcissist and she's the only person that's of any interest to her and to everyone else, so she can't stop talking about herself. And, uh, and that includes when someone else is supposed to be relaxing. Um, there's a very good tweet about uh, massage on the radio uh, in the tweets of the week. Um, yes. And uh, yeah, but, but also you've got some, you've got, you've kind of got both of them haven't got any boundaries in quite an amusing way. So they both are, Jacob just says exactly what he thinks, doesn't he? Mm. He just he just comes out and says it. So he said, how long yeah. is this going to take? Are you actually any good at this? And things like that. Just very, very straightforward <laughs> questions. And she yeah. also sort of does that in a in a slightly more uh, acceptable way. Um, but she's also unbounded because she's just completely self-obsessed. So she just wants to talk about whatever she wants to talk about, however relevant or appropriate it is. So um, that's why I think they're quite a good... Um, not a good couple because they're a fucking disaster, but they're an interesting, an interesting couple, I would say. Mm. Um, I have a little bit of experience with massage, actually. Do you? You've made that sound unbelievably seedy already, so carry on. Does. Giving or um, receiving, dear? Both. Oh. Both. Yeah, I'm flexible. Uh, so my kid's mother, Nella's mother, is a rather good massage therapist. Uh, so when I met her, that's what she was doing. Um, so much so that she did the Canadian Olympic team, I forget which year, uh, you know, 1998 or whatever, I can't remember the year, and was doing people like Madonna. So she was, yeah, in Notting Hill. What was she like? Uh, she was very good. What was Madonna like? Uh you know what? I can't remember. She only ever did her. Oh, once, for God's sake! How can you not she, remember someone telling you what Madonna was like? It it was a bit of a. But but at the time, when when I knew her, she'd already done Madonna. But she was she was rubbing the backs of the rich and famous. So her most regular client who she did was Ruby Wax, who you know we we'll all love. But she but she was doing the backs of the rich and the famous in Notting Hill. Anyway, uh, Master Miles, you're kind of half wrong. How people uh, want their massage varies very differently. You're um, obviously having a sports massage because you run a lot. So for you, this is like um, an utter physical uh, necessity because you're sore. Many people that have massage, and I'd say maybe 60, 70%, 
it's therapeutic. They actually just like uh, their muscles to be relaxed through massage. It's not necessarily because they've just gone running a half marathon or done a big cycle ride, et cetera, et cetera. And they book it in every week because they just, they, they like that feeling. And actually, um, your massage therapist for that type of person does become a confidant and a, a, a psychological therapist. So actually, there's a lot of talking that goes on. Again, there's a big difference between somebody who has a sports massage, a deep tissue massage, and you get there's a lot of businessmen would like come in and so I want deep tissue, uh, go for it, and just wouldn't say a word. But then you get a lot, a lot of people who are, well, I, every Tuesday and every Thursday, I have my massage. It's all part of my routine. It makes me feel good, uh, etc. And they don't stop talking. And, and actually, um, her business, my kid's mum's business, um, perpetually um, suffered from the, the close interaction between... Uh, her therapists and people who, who who they were seeing the clients because actually what she ended up doing and it was um Annabella Pollen yeah do you remember her uh yeah she was one of my kids uh mum's clients and she said what you need to do Megan is to replicate yourself you are the best in West London at what you do we need more of you and then whilst she was rubbing her back and she went just have a team of massage therapists because it was just her. So Annabella Pollen was actually um, her first investor in her company and gave her, I don't know, a, a few grand. We're not, we're not talking uh, serious money in the great scheme of things, but a few thousand pounds for her then to go off and advertise for massage therapists. And the weakness of the business was because uh, the therapists and the clients spoke to each other. So she was sending out therapists um, to go and see people, but... 50% of them would then wander off and have their cycles yeah, yeah. with the clients within two or three yeah. sessions because they spoke to each other. So upselling went on all the time and people were happy to hear about, oh, you can maybe have a little bit of aromatherapy or maybe you, instead of having Swedish massage, we sort of deep tissue, have you thought of X or Ooh. Y and Z? That was a key part of if the business. I could, and, if I could actually, make hairdressers and therapists mm, sign a vow of silence before I began any treatment. But Lucy, I you see, would. I say this often. I don't understand you. I love you. And I mean this genuinely. I genuinely love you. And I love the fact that I don't necessarily know what you're going to say from, from one answer to a next. But like considering you do walkie-talkie and you are walking friend therapist as I texted you yesterday you like to um to help people with their, with when, their I issues. And you, you like a little... when I choose to but still the very fact that you miss walkie talkie miss I have an insight into the human psyche right would turn around on a internationally renowned <laughs> podcast and say Hairdressers, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> I just go. Hey. But some people, some people find it relaxing to talk when, like, 
if I'm paying for somebody to do something relaxing for me, like cut my hair, because I find having my hair cut really, really relaxing, cut my hair or give me a massage, I don't want to be making conversation with them. I just want to be able to relax and not think, what have I got to say next? And that ridiculous, mm. are you going anywhere nice on your holidays this year? Business. Oh, <laughs> no, let us cease this charade. You don't care where I'm going on holiday. I barely care where I'm going on holiday. Let's not do this. That's what you feel like saying. <laughs> I, well, I think it's been uh, overly harsh and dramatic for the sake of I'm not, podcast I tell you. license, really. That, you know, you... come on, Lucy. I, I, I must admit, when I, when I separated, the one treat that I gave myself was instead of me cutting my own hair with the clippers, was actually to go back into the bar. I thought you were going to say a massage. And I love that. Well, happy finish. <laughs> no. You know what? You're as bad as Jakob. You're as bad as Jakob. <laughs> it's funny. She did. So Megan run ran that business from I'm going to say 2001 to 2006. Five years. I think only once did somebody say, all right, well, then finish me off. Like, really? it, it, it was so just not that type of, yeah, like, it never yeah. happened. Like, people knew what it was, and there was no f- funny funny dudes uh, you know, uh, flying in from wherever going, right, well, you know, de-stress yeah. me, so to speak. You know, so stop with the old tropes. Yeah. <laughs> You're better than that, Lucy. I'm, not. You're I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, you know what? We've actually gone gone through the calls. Um, oh, uh, we have an email with a with a plot prediction on. Mm-hmm. Oh, first of all, we had an email from Julie Riley who yeah. said, "When there's an ad break in Dunstan, Australia, we don't usually get an ad." But in the last episode, we did. And in the week when we were all discussing the situation with Ed and Emma and their failed house purchase, the ad was offering mortgages for first-time homebuyers. <laughs> oh, the irony. Oh, dear. Sorry about that, Julie. As we said before, we are not uh, – Dumpty Dum is not responsible for the adverbs that you get in the break. We don't hear them. We don't know what they are until they've been and mm. gone. Whoosh. Anyway, uh, next was Matt, who said – Hello, you two. First time emailer in a row. Leaving Comrade Emma's railings, we've had Lindy's compassion towards Jimus and out of character to her face horribleness to Tracy in a work environment. And I believe we shall have some kind of resolution in Manager Susan's dinner with the Aldridges. She'll say something, assuming to be backed up, and Brian will have none of it. Keep up the good work. Matt. And he says he is Hazel Woody from his high chair. But then tuning in himself, he was uh, Tiger and Pusscat. Uh, and he says, my long-term prediction is that Freddie will run the stables. Mm, I, I think that's a pretty safe one to make. He's good with animals, isn't he, our Freddie? Well, I don't know, because this hotel thing, I can see him much more hospitality-ish. Which then means that then he'll go back to Lower Loxley, won't he? So he'll like uh, do his apprenticeship at Grey Gables. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think that's what'll happen. Because it, oh, but now hang on. Because then, what will Lily do? Where the hell are Lily and Russ? Mm-hmm. True. Though I'm actually a bit tired of Lily and Russ. To be fair, are you? Yeah, like like they, they... they speak very highly of you. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> it's not reciprocal. <laughs> it was we were in a sort of a crisis point with them, weren't we? With mm-hmm. the you know uh, 
because uh, Russ seemed to be getting a bit close to Elizabeth. Elizabeth was getting better. Uh, he took over the silly old um, art gallery, art gallery mm-hmm. and uh, he was there at all the meetings for the art, the spot of art that was going to um, yeah, was in the church, a, and a now whole load of vanished. Nonsense. A whole Whoosh. load yes. of nonsense. Yeah, well, mm, well, it's almost the start of the uh, school year again, isn't it? Uh, academic year, sorry. So... Ah, oh yes, yeah, so they've got to decide whether they're going back or staying. Yeah, so we'll hear back in a, in a couple of weeks, no doubt. But I'll tell you who I have been happy to hear from. Uh, hear her, uh, her dulcet tones on the arches are Tracy. She's done loads recently, yeah. hasn't she? Yeah. Which is, which is perfect timing because uh, she's going to be at the Dumb Dumb Awards on November the 9th. She is. Yes. Yeah. So, folks, um, if you want to come along, don't if you want to come along. You have to come along. If you call yourself a dum de dum listener and you're anywhere in the Western Hemisphere, which you can get to Birmingham by a train, plane or an automobile, which is just about everybody, right, uh, it is your duty as a dum de dum to get yourself down to Birmingham <laughs> Town Hall on November the 9th where Lucy and I will be speaking to Susie Reed, who plays Tracy Horobin and maybe another actor or so. Uh, we'll be interviewing them live on stage and then we'll have the dum de dum Awards, which reminds me, Lucy... We mm-hmm. need to um, put up the categories that people are going to vote for yes. because um, yeah. November is fast approaching. In the next week or so, folks, um, I will put up on www.dumdum.com uh, the categories. So I suggest you tweet at dumdum or if you're on Facebook, go on Facebook and say, these are the categories. And it can be like best storyline, uh, best actor who we've missed in the, part, in the last year, best, you know, best scene, whatever. Right, just come up with I don't know uh, a few uh, categories which we can get dumdy dummers to vote on, and the best ones will will be the ones that will win out, and we'll give out mugs uh, for those awards. There you go. Uh, so it's November the ninth, Birmingham Town Hall, which is funny enough in Birmingham. And what you need to do is you go on to dumdydum.com, it's right there on the homepage, and click on that link, and it'll take you through to the town hall website. And then you can like do stuff. Oh, Angela Barnes is going to be there too. She's going to be yes. uh, on stage and, uh, and doing stuff. Happy yes, birthday because too. actually, it actually it's just her birthday party, isn't it? It's just an excuse yeah, for that. Yeah, it really. is really. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, so it's going to be uh, awesome. We're going to have lots of fun. It's two o'clock, two p.m. on Saturday, November the ninth, in Birmingham. Uh, trains, planes, and automobiles are all available. And by the way, for those people that said, uh, oh, Royfield, it's finishing a little bit late. I can't get home. We've deliberately moved it to two o'clock. So that's not an excuse anymore. So by the time it's done, you'll be able to get your train back up to Land's End, John O'Groats, wherever, Helsinki. <laughs> you'll be able to get home. No excuses. Uh, Lucy needs you there. Hmm. Uh, so Tracy Horribin's been awesome. What else can we say? Before My we favourite bit Hadwick? was when... My favourite bit of, of, of Tracy uh, was mm. when um, she saw Emma looking upset and it was something about Oliver and she, no, uh, oh, Justin Elliott. It was when, when he'd said, no, they can't have the, they can't, they, they couldn't continue to reserve the house if they didn't have the money. And Tracy's mm. first, first suggestion was, shall I key his car? <laughs> 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 Such a kind of a, 
just direct action no fannying around well you know <laughs> you did da, 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 and you know you could have been a bit more careful about how you, you know don't spend money you haven't got it's like Kia's car <laughs> just excellent <laughs> you know i sometimes do wonder all right i love harriet but we don't really need it so much. I mean, you are very good at no, impressions yourself. No, 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 no. No, I do, I do caricature accents. And half the time, I'm just copying Harriet's impersonation of somebody. You know, mm. like everybody used to copy Les Dennis's impression of Mavis Riley when it didn't sound oh, yeah. anything like Mavis yeah, yeah. Riley. It just sounded like Les Dennis's impersonation of Mavis Riley. That's lost <laughs> about 750,000 people. Sorry. But anyway, Yes. We do bloody well, well absolutely know. need Harriet. Which reminds me, I must ring her. Thank you. Anything else am I to do? Yeah, we need to find out the little one's doing, don't we? Yes. He's very well, apparently. Mm-hmm. Right. So Oliver's back. Oliver's going to save the... At least going to offer to Ed um, the hand of help. Yeah. And... And William will get cross because he hates it when anyone helps Ed out because it upsets his uh, very, very childlike view of the universe, which is if you are good and work hard and never fail at anything, you will be rewarded. If you do not, you do not ever deserve to be rewarded. Well, I'm going to move forward very slightly because I haven't listened to the archers this week. And to say that uh, you're hearing a contrite, side to William Grundy at the moment. Let's put it that way, Lucy. Good. About bloody time. And he's I like, don't know what I'm saying about bloody uh, time. He spends his whole life apologising. Sorry, no, I and, and you know what? He He's more self-aware after his blow-ups than, than you realise, the uh, things that he says this week. Uh, it, but if only it, that the self-awareness would kick in before that he does the thing that causes <laughs> him, that, you know, there's a but timing Lucy, issue there, isn't there? Wouldn't it make for good drama if everyone no, was considered it all no, the time? It no. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, just to let you know, my mum, uh, my mum looks after people's dogs when they go on holiday, and she's got mm. she's got a dog staying with her called Poppy, who she mm-hmm. is referring to as Poppy. <laughs> she, <laughs> she's calling the dog it. She's calling. She's she's just sent me a picture of it and put Leo and Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> right. On that charming note, why don't we uh, break five, folks? When I say five, it's not actually five minutes. It's more like maybe 180 seconds, which is, I don't know, three minutes or something or another. Anyway, let's just break for a little bit because uh, you might have an ad. If you don't, uh, the next thing you'll hear will be a little bit of the yokels. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. 
A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, it's Yokel Bear here calling with the social media roundup for the week. Let's start with what I thought was the funniest thing that happened this week, which was Kate's massage for Jacob, <laughs> uh, Jacob and um, the subsequent misunderstanding about what extra services mean had me in stitches that. But we asked a question. Do you think that Kate and Jacob will get together? Nope. Um, will opposites attract? Um, I certainly hope so, because I think it would just be hilarious. Sue Clayton agreed. She said, I hope so, mostly because I love to hate Kate. She is so entertaining. We could do with an amusing storyline to offset the serious stuff. Yeah, we could at the moment. I think that's... I'm hoping that's where this is going. Um, a bit of an odd couple type relationship. Now, Sarah Nieper actually um, called it. She said, Jacob stated that Kate kept mentioning her specials and that Sleazy Steve goes to her. I think a misunderstanding of the massage specials are coming, and it certainly did. And it involves the police as well. Why the hell did Jacob tell it to, to Harrison? Um, and let's not even get started on um, Harrison becoming a sergeant. I mean, how? He really bungled the bunting fiasco. Stephen Bowden gave a more out-of-left-field prediction when he said Jacob will return to the yurt and bump into Philip, there for his knack of back, and suddenly they will find each other. Um, I can't see it happening, and Kirsty would be livid. Or would she? More on that later. Joe Saw thought the massage scene was her favourite scene in a long time, but also said, and no, I don't think she has a hope in hell. Um... No, I think I think she has. I think there's something um, that Eve. I think Jacob does protest too much. Um, I keep saying Jacob. Is it Jacob or Jacob? Jacob. Um, I don't know. Jacob. We'll call him Jacob. That's what most people are calling him online. <laughs> Steph Bushington Pomb Pillar, which, by the way, Steph, that is a brilliant name, um, said, I was more worried that um, Yakult sounded like he was being beaten up in slow motion. <laughs> and Kate's massages are so bad that they are dis destroying spiritual home as a business. Um, should Kate stick to the happy endings that she obviously provides for Sleazy Steve? I'd like actually to see a bit more Sleazy Steve. I'm, in, I'm intrigued by Sleazy Steve. Why is he sleazy? How is he sleazy? Who's he sleazy with? Yeah. Um, but anyway, our very own Witherspoon also said, not even Kate deserves the misery um, that is Yakult. Um, there must be some point to his character, but it's yet to be revealed. I think he's there just as kind of some kind of existential crisis. Um, I don't know. Maybe the coming weeks will reveal things. They're probably not as much as, as Yakult Jacob. revealed <laughs> when he walked in for his massage. Hmm. Talking of odd couples, let's now talk about Kirsty and Phil. Um, 
I said this week, am I the only one who thinks their chemistry is all wrong? And it turns out a lot of people thought the mm. same. Karen Cunningham said zero chemistry. They say and do all the right things, but there's nothing beneath the surface. When it all goes wrong between no Kasha and new Tom, he'll end up with Krusty again. Yep. There's unfinished business there. Yep. Hashtag yep. mark yep. my words. Yep. Um, I think that's a really smart prediction, um, yep. Karen. Because I think Tom and... Natasha will crash and burn, but will Kirsty? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Actually, I've changed my mind in, <laughs> in two seconds. In fact, I just don't know. But I'd like to see that. It'd be a really interesting plot line, that one, whether Kirsty will go back and whether she could forgive Tom. Alex Russell said, I get the same gut feeling. She's trying so hard, but I don't think her heart's in it. Patricia Sharp said, I agree with Alex. Kirsty has just settled for Philip. They're not soulmates and her heart isn't in it. She's just making do. Janice Betson said, though, um, I'm never very happy with about Kirsty. Not sure why. Environmentally, I agree with her, but she is so self-righteous. And I think a lot of people think that as well. Um, soapbox Kirsty. Um, but has she found love? I don't think so. It's just not ringing true. And I also get a sense as well that that Philip's settling as well. I think he's kind of fallen on his feet. He's got a younger, a younger partner. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. I think they're both settling. Peter Dale made a really pertinent point though, which is the trouble is that if everyone lived happily ever after, there'd be no storyline. Um, yeah, but I just think. Some people should live happily ever after. It seems like it's misery galore at the moment, isn't it? What with Ed and Emma, which I have strong views on. Um, I don't like what the editor has done to Ed and Emma. One little bit, but that's for another time. Um, but yeah, I guess, you know, I think there's a lot of relationships in Ambridge at the moment that we're just, I'm just not sure about. They just don't see that, seem that strong. Um, the newer relationships. Um, maybe over time they'll become stronger, but at the moment I'm not feeling a lot of them. Now, talking to somebody that I am feeling at the moment, Tracy Horobin. Of course, it's my week on the Roundup, so we have a people's poll. This week, the people's poll was, do you want to see Tracy working in the pub? Well, 85% of you, a whopping majority, said yes, please, with only 15% saying no. I think a lot of people were just, Tracy was just really, really great this week. And again, we asked the kind of question about the uh, Oliver's job interviews at the end. Would you employ Freddie and Tracy? Um, Ruth Paul says, time will only tell whether she's going to be a good employee, but I welcome hearing her more. Jane Gage also said, um, really hope Tracy is promoted to being a regular cast character as she is great. Karen Hawkswood said, Tracy's a hoot. I love her. Um, she would be a really great contrast to the sanctimonious Bridge Farm gang and the groups of older women. Um, Emma and Fallon have been funny, leaving all the quirkiness to Kate, which is all a tall order to more Tracy, I reckon. Leslie Greaves quite rightly pointed out that it's only in fairy tales that people with no qualifications, experience or aptitude get jobs. So that's OK. Yeah, Leslie, there's this thing called the Ambridge Job Fairy. The Ambridge Job Fairy waves its wand and people magically get jobs. 
unless you're a Grundy. Martin van der Hoeven expanded on that point uh, by saying, right or wrong, local jobs <laughs> for local people. It's an old soap rule. Sounds like, ladies and gentlemen, local jobs for local people. Don't touch the precious things <laughs> of the shop, Martin. Well, that's almost we done for this week. There was so much to discuss, but we've only got limited time. One thing I will say is that I'm going to say that hen night didn't make any sense to me. But a lot of people put me right, pointing out that rural areas do can be quite attractive yes. for hen nights as an unusual place to go. And also that only 10% of the Ambridge population is herd, So there's plenty of scope for people to have hen nights and weddings that we don't know about. However, Ben Thompson gave us his own experience when he said, I went to a stag do in a small village in the Brecon Beacons, the groom like country walks. I'm really sorry to hear that, Ben. Thoughts and prayers with you at this difficult time. And Stephen Bowden said, we got it all wrong, that maybe they were employees of the chicken plants where Emma works and hem party just means <laughs> work outing. Yes. Quality punning there, Steve. And on that note, I'm signing off for the week. So uh, you have the lovely Millibell next week, and I will Bye. talk to you again soon. <laughs> Bye. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Luce. Right. When is the right time to talk about issues pertaining to the archers, if not on uh, a social media section that you uh, pen and voice yourself once every Well, that would seem... What's, what, what's he waiting for? What's Yoko Bear waiting for? He said he had thoughts and feelings about it, which you, you know, mentioned another time. Why not now? Maybe he was waiting. Maybe he was waiting. No, maybe he was waiting, waiting for, for for there to be less social media for him to talk about, so he could fill in the gap. But there never is less, is there? So I don't know how that's going to happen. No. Exactly. Goodness knows. Goodness knows. Goodness knows. Sir, I, I suggest you just like do this next week before uh, we forget all about it, or uh, Ed mm. and Emma end up back together. Because people know, have like, been saying do it, Mr. Bear. that do it. A, uh, Emma and mm. Will are going to get together. And you oh, said God. they won't well, do that. She can't go ricocheting between the brothers. You know. Mm. So I don't. No, I don't know. I don't know. I want, I don't want her to get back together with, no, actually, I think, no. Do you know what? I think Will deserves, (laughs) I think Will deserves Emma. No, either. But go on. In every sense of the word. In other words, he just has someone to look after his daughter for. I think Emma has quite a transactional mind. And I think uh, that. Uh, she doesn't love him, but it doesn't. But she won't care about that because she'll have a nice house, and he will have someone to look after, Parpy. And yes, I think that's what will happen. I, I hope, and I am um, leaping forward to this week. But just, just, just to hint at this, I hope that the goings on of this week are just a red herring. Oh, I've got to go and listen and now. You know I'm going to go and listen writers. because you're making it sound all exciting. Well, they're setting that up as a possibility. Yes. And and if we, and if we uh, rewind the clock back for the last, what, three years, four years, there has been a rapprochement between Will and Emma. There has. 
basically as soon as Will got with oh crumbs, what was the name of his missus that died? Forgotten her name now. So soon <laughs> forgotten. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> yes. All right, back on mic. Did she die as in soon, vain? Stop clearly, yes, she did. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, that, well I'll, leave, I'll leave that in the edit now. Then. I just like to fuck up your editing by <laughs> springing back in again and referring to well things done. that you've just told me you're going to edit out. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as Will got with Nick, um, Will and Emma were basically were good. Like he'd, he'd, you know, he'd forgiven her going off with his brother. Blah blah blah. And this week, with the contrite will, you, he does say, "I feel so sorry that it's my fault." That don't you know, spoilers, lost the half spoilers, of what spoilers. I said. Shush, shush. What do you mean it's not a spoiler? It's been out for three days ago. I know, that but episode. some people don't listen till Hardly the a spoiler. weekend. All right. Well, then I'll wind me neck in. I think it's a bit of a red herring. I hope it's a red herring. We know that the scriptwriters put in red herrings. As you remember, one specific example was when Anisha came to Ambridge, we all just presumed that her and Alistair were going to get it on. Yeah. And Kerry very clearly said, we put that as a red herring. We had no intention for them actually to be together, but we led you to believe that it yes. was a possibility. He's a cunning so devil, but... So lay these traps Davis. for us. Well, all of them. It's yeah. not just him, yes, to be but fair, I, I like to, to, be fair to him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fair dues. Yeah, yeah, Kerry. <laughs> anyway, so um, so that's that, really. We've done Tracy Horobin being back. We've done uh, Ed and Emma. Uh, we've done Oliver coming back, potentially to save the day, or at least offer yeah, to, I can't help. to save the day. Oh, yeah, this is the yes. other thing. This, this is the thing. Couldn't agree more with the Kirsty and Philip thing. Good God. On what level does that ring as being authentic and believable? Discuss What thing? Sorry, I'm lost. Kirsty and Philip as a couple. I know. There is yeah. zero yeah. anything going on. Well, you know, and whereas with Harrison and Fallon, you genuinely believe that they're a couple. Yeah. I get it. You know, they, they seem excited yeah. with, with each other and into yeah. each other, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. There is enough things going on in the background. And then then you have the, the old staples like your, your Linda and Robert Snell. Good sniff. You knew what I was about to say. You sniffed. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you mean exactly about Kirsty and Phil. Lip. Kirsty and Philip. Is mm. it Kirsty and Phil? Was that not... What? Oh, that's location, 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 isn't it? That's why it sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, oh. Anyway, they. The thing I think she thought she was properly, properly in love with Tom, and she got completely devastated by him. So mm. she has picked somebody that she does not have those incredibly passionate feelings for because in her mind now she just thinks, right, incredibly passionate feelings are not for me. They just end up with me being hurt. So I'll just go for somebody nice, sane, responsible, fatherly, blah, 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 blah. 
So there is no, there is no, there is no spark. There is no sort of fireworks because she has deliberately picked that as an option. She's deliberately gone for somebody for whom she does not have those feelings because she doesn't want to get hurt again. So she's just going for a quiet, modest option rather than the whole shebang. Mm. That's what I think. Let's just hope that that is the case and scriptwriters have uh, set that up thus because otherwise it's just crushingly bad. And, and I think, to, to be fair to the actors play, playing this role, you know, I think for the most part, most of us like a bit of Kirsty. Right? I'm a big Kirsty fan. Uh, though I do understand people saying she, now she's a bit sanctimonious and holier than thou with a it can become a little bit wary. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh, but very fair. Right. Um, but we know nothing about this Philip character. And I don't think, because mm. he's been in it for quite yeah. some time now, well over a year, well over a year, there's never enough of them to really push on us feeling attached to him as a character wanting to I'm like I don't know his backstory and I don't want to know his backstory he's not compelling in any way for me to want to invest any time even pondering on the man that's the thing you know whereas when um oh crumbs uh I'm, I'm having a proper Royfield moment so uh Russ there you go I couldn't remember his name for a second when Russ kind of came in, into it uh, and his relationship was revealed with Lily, I didn't like the man. But I did sit down and ponder how has, you know, a 30-odd-year-old man end up in a situation where he could be in love with uh, an 18-year-old girl? Considering he's also married as well. I did sit down and kind of ponder. Phil, Philip, I mm. don't give a rat's ass to be honest with you. It's just it's like, hmm. Just, just, just another character. Yeah. It's like Doctor Lock, you know. Whenever we're going to hear him, yeah. just go, oh, yeah, well, well whatever. <laughs> Whereas Leonard, <laughs> I get lovely warm oh, lovely feelings Leonard. come over me when Leonard <laughs> comes on the radio. I think it's when it's it, it's. Know, Leonard, I, oh, no, I was going to say it's when it's when characters that we don't care about, um, in, 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 sort of have have a direct intervention on with. Uh, characters we do, we are heavily invested in, but we are heavily invested in Kirsty, and we still don't really care. It's because mm. we know ultimately that Kirsty's going to end up with Tom. So, uh, it, you know, we don't really believe we don't really believe in Philip. So he may as well be made out of tissue paper. Really, he might be. You know those you know those things that that um, people women were told to drive around with an inflatable man in the front of their car, so that if they if they broke down, they wouldn't look like they were alone. Do you remember that? I didn't dream that, did I? No, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, no, not at all. But basically, Philip is that. He's just somebody that you sort of, you, she sort of inflates him every morning and carries him around Ambridge under her arm and then deflates him again at night time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. So we're not really invested in him because we don't believe in him because in our secret heart of hearts, we know he's not going to be around for very long. Someone remind me of this when in 20 years' time, I'm still yakking on about Philip. <laughs> Who by now is running Brookfield? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be a, re a return to the fills? Yes, uh, a return of the fills. Sorry. Mm. 
All right. Well, uh, Lucy, uh, we've filled enough now. So I think now we should have some mirror headlines and start to wind this show down. Righty ho. Uh, man enraged by sound of chewing hasn't spoken to family for four years. That's <laughs> that's uh, mirror headline and tweets of the week. Uh, Madden crowd. I was in the midst of writing a tweet mm-hmm. about Kate being shy at Jacob's nakedness, but now I've got to go and be sick because of the deep massaging. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Um, Goddess Diva. Spiritual home is a shit name for a knocking shop. The dirty yurt, perhaps. Uh, Beatrix Helcock. <laughs> Does, lo- you know, this was about when Tracy might be um, potentially becoming a barmaid at the ball. Does liven up the place mm. no end mean Tracy's got big tits? Yes, it does, Beatrix. Yes, it does. Um, <laughs> uh, well, everybody likes a comely barmaid, do. don't they? So. Uh, Mrs. VH, Auntie Annie, said, I like to think that June Spencer also plays Hilda. I like that idea. And Jojo Sexy Heels Aww. is Tweet of the Week. Uh, they were talking, she was discussing on Twitter with some other things about um, little little Poppy. And uh, she said, this is horrible, so brace yourselves, people. My fear is she will go for a cuddle with Grandad Joe and be found in a death grip. (laughs) (laughs) That made me laugh and wince at one and the same time. Ah, Lucy. (laughs) What? Considering the technical snafus that we've had, we've finally got to at least the end of a recording. Yes, I think we should celebrate that. Even if we then find out that we haven't actually pressed record or anything. But uh, oh no, we have. Oh, well, I've actually checked three times, and it's still. <laughs> you couldn't believe it's it was still running. running. Yeah. So, folks, this has been somewhat of a torturous uh, recording of Dum Dum, and it's the reason why it is so late in your podcast. Podcatchers, sorry, put my teeth in. Uh, we do apologise. And there'll but be another one along on in, about, in about two hours' time because we're recording again exactly. on Monday. Yes. Um, but as, as I said on Twitter, the internet gods uh, just said no yesterday. They said no categorically to any dumpty dum. Uh, so, but but you're getting it. You've got it. You're listening to it right now. Dumdydum.com. Go there. It's got awesome stuff on there. Get your tickets. Click on the link for the Dum De Dum Live, which also will be the award show. Go get your tickets. Uh, I know there's quite a few of you that have already done so already. And don't forget, if you purchase the ticket for the uh, May um, Dum De Dum Live, which was rescheduled, they are still valid because there has been a few, there have been a few emails and uh, tweets and Facebook messages. We've said, are my tickets still valid? Yes, they are. Do not worry about that. They're still valid. Uh, so come along on November the 9th. See Lucy in all of her glory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you may have oversold that, Roy. Calm yourselves, people. No, There's nothing no. to see here. Trust Liz, me. Lise, Lise, uh, nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> you ever thought of being a barman? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Oh, but you, but you kind of would be perfect for it. And actually, you seriously would because you know about ale. You like you like a beer I and do. ale. So it, that is your. Well, I feel I'm not becoming a bum, yeah. eh, just because I've got big knockers. All right, no. <laughs> well, I didn't actually say that. You you said that. Just saying. Anyway, I just thought you'd be good because you know about mm. ale and because you're good talking to people. And I'll just want, I want to say to everybody. 
that I know I'm a funny fish. I'm a funny fish at the best of times. And I don't really, like, it's funny. People say to me all the time, dumb dumbers, I feel like I know you, Roy Field. And then I say, well, um, I did, well, funnily enough, actually at the dumb the, uh, dumb uh, meetup in Toronto, somebody says, I feel like I know you. Yeah, I know so much about you. And I went, all right, what's the name of my second child? The woman went, Ella. I went, oh, <laughs> she just shot me down like, okay, yeah, fair enough. but there's me thinking that like i i hold all this you know so much stuff back and i must admit everybody i did have a bit of a wobble yesterday for reasons which i won't go into and for no other reason than it was 10 o'clock in california which meant that it was six o'clock in the morning uk time I, I thought to myself that Freeman will be awake. So I sent a WhatsApp to say, hello. And she went, hello, back. And we had a conversation, a textual conversation, all about nothing. And I just reached out to her just because I just wanted to. I needed to because I just felt a bit low and a bit kind of shitty. And uh, she's, she's a wonderful person, is our Lucy. And uh, so I just, I just wanted to say Aww. that. So come along to Dumbly Dumb Live and you can see my Lucy and you can, you know, salute her and say, we think you're wonderful too, because she is rather special. So apart from that, you go on to dumdydum.com and click on the shop icon and uh, get stuff from the shop. Now, I'm going to have to start to rejig uh, our offering there on the shop, loose because um, sales, maybe it's because it's a summer, I don't know. Sales have tailed off oh. just a little, but at least Annie Morley, well, I think you've got your tote bag haven't you Annie um it's been uh, it's been um an epic tale of misadventures with deliveries not I was gonna sing even that, they said they that Michael Jackson song about Annie then and then suddenly remembered that you're not allowed to do that anymore so I already stopped <laughs> mm-hmm. please, please please no MJ on this show now uh so Annie Morley we think you think you got your bag your tote bag and so that saga is over don't let that put you off, folks. That's only one person who's had a little bit of a start getting things from the www.com shop. Go on there, get your T-shirts, get your mugs, get your baraclavas, get your long johns, get, you know, get your gossip. What? We're not selling long johns and gossip. Yeah. I don't, what, what, no, okay. Not yet. I was just saying right. that just to okay. entice some of the fruitier listeners onto right. the shop and then maybe they'll just get themselves a tea cozy instead you know and they're like, Ooh, they've got tea cozies that say dumb dumb <laughs> don't but you know what that would be a stunning thing to sell but and that was my, my initial point when i came on to this little 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 uh brain fart of mine is to say that i am going to add new stuff to the shop because i think a dumby dum tea cozy might sell like or some hot cakes cake, that would also be anyway it's slightly you... more difficult to arrange logistically mm. 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 right dumdydum.com so go there for all that stuff buy your tickets for dumdydum live and the dumdydum awards oh and also folks don't forget uh we need yes. your categories for the awards Yes, that's hella important, as they say in the East Bay, hella important. So please go and do that. You can use the Flick app for that as well. Uh, but just you've got to get them in. Uh, I think by this time, where are we? Start of August. Yeah, middle of September, we will publish them and we will be um, trying to get votes. So let's have that done. 
Scoot Sweet. Thank you very much, please. Um, you can support our show by going on to patreon.com, where for approximately $2 per show, you can... Um, not even approximately two dollars a show exactly two dollars a show you can show your support and you get extra extra content so i've got an interview with charles collingwood who plays brian aldridge which i will put up next week and you'll only get it folks if you are a patreon or a paypal uh, recurring uh, subscriber so if you can't do patreon for whatever reason don't want to do it you can actually go into paypal uh, with a spoon and a few other people um choose that as a method of paying uh paying dumpty dum so get extra content brian aldridge is coming and then um i think next month we'll put up an interview if we can get it sorted between our lucy and ed grundy the actor that plays ed grundy so extra content for people that go the extra mile and throw some filthy lucre our way Uh, another thing you can do if money's too tight to mention as mick hucknell once sang um, you can go on to Apple iTunes and write us a review. Um, every every now and then we mention this, but folks, this is the most important and visceral way of supporting this podcast is writing us a review other than just giving us cash because what it means is we get up those iTunes charts. And Lucy, I looked at yeah. the iTunes charts yesterday. We were number oh. 42, right? Number 42 in the category in the UK for podcasts about TV ah. and film. So there isn't a radio, one, but we're number 42. And I thought that was really good. We have been much higher yeah. in the past. We got up to like number eight or so. We have been much higher. But the, how the algorithm works, it's downloads compounded by the amount of new reviews. So, folks, let's have a concerted push in the next two weeks. Write us bag load of reviews and we will zoom up those charts um if we can get up to like to number one it however fleetingly i think lucy will do a calendar girl style uh calendar for all dumpty dummers who are on patreon won't you lucy if we get to number one yes i will there you have it (laughs) (laughs) wowza Middle England doesn't need any more encouragement. Get a reviewing now. Oh, God. Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or you can call 0203-031-0505 to leave a message. On on the socials. We were born on Twitter. So simply go onto that platform and go at dum-de-dum and you'll find Yokel Bear. Uh, being quite humorous and also you can follow him at yokel bear um i can be found at roy field and lucy can be found at lucy v freeman and of course folks there is facebook um because without facebook there'd be no social media roundup from Millie bell and yokel bear so go to facebook and type in um dum to dum and uh Putin is probably looking at your messages as you type them because we know the Russians are all over Facebook. Right, so I think that's just about it. Yes. Uh, was that a plane I just heard go, go over? Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Where, where's that plane going to? How the... Stansted? Yes. Yeah, that's how you know, Lucy, because you live in North oh, East I London. I know, but it could be going away. From... Edu- shouldn't, couldn't it be going away from... 
from Stansted to somewhere more interesting. Well, actually, anywhere, anywhere is anywhere. more interesting than Stansted. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Luton Airport's pretty low down on the excitement scale. I would say Stansted is probably more exciting than Luton Airport. Oh Lord! I remember getting a flight from Luton, and it was. Um, <laughs> it was like <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. 10 to 7 in the morning and everybody was wearing some sort of highly flammable fabric and eating drinking lager at 7 o'clock in the morning oh god it was just awful I know I sound like a crashing snob but it really really was hideous anyway you, you do sound like a bit I of don't snob. care I am I hid in prep till it all <laughs> got away <laughs> <laughs> well i'm you know what i'm gonna do what? now lucy what i'm setting up 10 different gmail accounts because i'm writing uh reviews <laughs> don't, don't you dare on Apple no, it's gonna take, that's it's the gonna, thing to do folks it's gonna take more than 10 flipping no 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 no, no. If, if we all did 10 each right trust me we we'd go. be number one on those itunes charts <laughs> Right, we don't even have to do ten each. I reckon three each. We are not doing this. So, set up another Gmail account, and just for the sake of argument, set up a Yahoo one as well. That's still going. And you go on there. Oh, absolutely. My mum and dad have Yahoo Mail. Yeah, I know. You you, you go blessed when when it comes through, and it says at Yahoo Mail. (laughs) But anyway, you know what to do, folks. Three reviews each. Lucy will get. I know for a fact that Lucy um, has a photographer friend or two because she had some lovely pictures taken. When those lovely pictures of you taken about yeah. four months ago? Yeah, and there's a lovely one of you smiling. There's a lovely one of you by your microphone and stuff. So she has the photographer friend with a suitably sized lens <laughs> that can accommodate <laughs> her, her ample God. form. <laughs> right. So oh. please, folks. Let, we need no, this this Christmas. nobody needs this. Yeah, you know, nobody it's January, needs this. it's Lucy. Oh. February, <laughs> it's Lucy. <laughs> March, it's more Lucy. <laughs> oh, God. Right. No. Gmail here, I come. Right, <laughs> if they're all called Royfield the 1, Royfield 2, Royfield 3, then they don't count. I will be checking. Mm. Well, no. Lucy, Lucy. Now, what counts is if we get to number one on the iTunes charts. That's all that counts. By any means necessary, as Malcolm X once said. I think he said it about something rather more noble than you wanting a squeeze at my knockers. Well, I don't know, Lisa. I, the, way, the way that I feel right now, right, I can't think of a more noble pursuit than to have a little glimpse of your, a, a little bit more than just your cleavage, madam. You know, so let's, let's bring it on. Let's bring it on, I say. Middle England needs it. Well, you clearly do, judging by the way you're going on at the moment. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm only voicing the desires of the listeners. That's all I'm doing. I'm just a conduit for them. And I'll tell you another thing we'll do, folks. If the, if we get to number one, right, we'll have a series of stop your huffing and your puffing, because I know you actually do like the attention, <laughs> really. We will nominate a suitable charity... And we'll sell these calendars at a reasonable rate so that we can earn some money for charity. So let's put... Lucy's going to get her Oh, my God! Let's do it for a good cause. (laughs) 
I, for one, would pay very good money to see this. So, <laughs> there's a ton thrown in the pot straight from Uncle Royfield just to get, get the whole thing going. You're being weird. Stop it. <sighs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. You know in what regard I hold you, and I said so on the podcast, and I just think it's if we need to incentivize the listeners to write reviews so we get up those iTunes charts, so be it. As Malcolm X said, by any means. You can wear your kilt. You can take your kilt off. You know what? I don't even know where that kilt... Oh, that would be probably around in mum and dad's. Or even in storage. Your poor mum and dad. But anyway... Royfield's kilt. (laughs) What about them? (laughs) (laughs) They must have an attic full of shite from you. All your moves everywhere. Mm. Well, I tell you who does. Bloody big orange storage in Birmingham. That's where all my stuff is at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We're sit- Maybe they've got you killed. <laughs> no, to be fair, none of my clothes are there, but all the furniture from, from the flat in London is actually there. And I need to get it out there too sweet because it's going to start burning a big hole through my finances if I don't um, buy somewhere soon and then you know, rehouse all the stuff there. But anyway, that's a conversation for another dumb. I dog. thought of you. I thought of you um, uh, on Monday, because Tuesday, because I was at West Midlands Safari Ooh. Park. Yeah. And two things. One thing did not make me think of you, but did make me mm. laugh. It was the woman whose entire job it was to drive around in a camouf- <laughs> in a camouflage Land Rover mm. with a loud hailer, saying. Please move on to the next giraffe. Only give them one handful at a time. Please do not feed the zebras. Please move on to the next giraffe. Only feed them one handful at a time. Please do not feed the zebras. She may as well have been saying, cashier number one, please. <laughs> because <laughs> it was, she was in a safari park. That was all she said. And the rest of it was uh, the a lot of people screaming at uh, young children saying, Shanice! Get him off that penguin! <laughs> and things like that, which I can't <laughs> But yes, it was very funny. Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of my first ever memories, that, going to West Midland Safari Park. and um, It's really good. Yeah, I liked it. I haven't been since I was three or four, so it's one of my first ever memories. And you know, this big monkey jumped on our bonnet of the car. That, that's what I remember. They've stopped that Have now. They? They've stopped the monkeys. Yes, because the lady said they kept ripping people's cars to bits. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, no more. Well, that, that, that does make sense because they're, you know, perhaps they're ridiculously strong monkeys as well, aren't they? They look all a little bit wiry, yes. but you don't know, fuck with a monkey. Or fuck with you, proper. No. Yeah. And there, there was a woman in the, um, in the African plains mm-hmm. bit who got out of her car because there was a wasp in it. Ah. Uh. And I thought, well, I suppose when it comes to a choice between being stung by a wasp or having your head ripped off by a furious tiger, you're going to go for the wasp, aren't you, really? So that gave the lady with the loud hailer and the camouflage Land Rover something else to shout. Please move on to the next giraffe. Could you get back in your car, please? Please move on to the next giraffe and don't feed the zebras. Thank you. Cash in number two, please. Uh, that, that, I had a vision there, the African plains in the black country. Uh, yeah, in the West Midlands. And then, <laughs> the African <laughs> plains of Dudley. Oh, God. <laughs> ah, right then, Freeman. I 
They played mm-hmm. all this. They kept playing when you're walking around the theme park bit. They kept playing all this African tribal music. It sounded like the Lion King. Be behind the bushes, you know. Yeah, like putting speakers behind the bushes and everything.、Uh... And and William was rolling his eyes heavily at this cultural appropriation. And、um, you know,、uh, I'm said, so against、uh, people whipping on about cultural appropriation. We all、yeah. do it. We all do. It. Anyway, move on. Tell, tell、yeah. us a story. But he said, he said,、um, he said. That's probably a jingle from a sandwich shop in Kenya or something. We <laughs> <laughs> just don't know what it is. So, they, well, it sounds a bit African. Put that on. <laughs> have you seen the new Lion King? No, I haven't seen the old one. Neither have I. And I just think,、oh. what? Shall we go? Of... We've got a big long list. We've got to go to Birmingham, Birmingham West Midlands Safari Park, and to go and see the. And、Lion、you've got、King. to get your kit off as well. Packed. A... Let's not forget that. Packed agenda. And you're going to get your kit off. <gasps> I've got a great idea. Why don't you do it? Oh my the, God! Dum 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 live. Oh my God! I thought you were going to say you could do it at West Midlands <laughs> Safari Park. Well, you probably, yeah, you could do it there, Lucy. Could you imagine? <laughs> no, I can't imagine, and you shouldn't be imagining、oh、either. Goodness, no, I, I'm not going to be able to concentrate on the edit now. But for all the thinking, I'm imagining that I can do. <laughs> But now I, I just think, consider well, what the Lion King came out.、Um, what mid nineties? It's like ninety four, ninety five, something like that. And Noah was born in two thousand, and he must have watched that thing because, of course, he would have had it on VHS or maybe DVD. Then I don't yeah. know. A thousand until the ribbon ran out. Exactly until it just, until the tape wore out and just snapped. And. I must have sat down and watched it with him, but I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you one thing that happens、no. in it. To you, other than there's a bit where the monkey holds up the little lion cub, which I think I've probably seen that because just in the trailers and stuff. Yeah, but when you sit down to watch a thing with the child, you fall asleep immediately. That's the whole point. They watch it and go, "Oh, look, I like this bit. This one is," and then they turn to look at you, and you're absolutely <laughs> spark out, <laughs> mouth open, having a good old snore. Mummy, watch, watch, watch! But I, I don't know, Lucy. Obviously, you are correct. But kids, like toddlers, have that stuff on constant repeat, don't they? So you're taking them literally by osmosis. You can just be like just passing the house, and you're like, okay, this is this scene, this is this song, blah blah blah. And like, <laughs> I have a total blank with all of those Disney films. Total blank, and they must have watched them a thousand times. So I don't know what type of parent I was. Um. Mm-hmm. And, and I say this only because there's been a lot, certain amount of chatter about the live-action Disney remake of The Lion King, and the fact that it just doesn't really work. And this great、uh, film reviewer called Mark Bernardin, so Kevin Smith and Mark Bernardin do this show called Batman,、uh, Batman Beyond, and. And he says, because you know, obviously, it's photorealistic. You know, it looks like it's real lions and real baboons、yeah. and whatever, blah blah blah. But it fails because they can't emote. You know,、yeah. that what you get with cartoons are exaggerated human emotion, and that's what we connect with, and that's what makes us to connect to,、uh, to you know, to the, to the cartoon characters. And then all of a sudden, you see a real lion doing real lion movements. Apart from the fact that its mouth mouth moving to the sound of chewable edge of four, 
but actually it doesn't have the facial expressions of anger or of sadness and whatever. So the no. whole thing is just incredibly flat. So yes. I don't want to see the live action one, but I suppose we should sit down and uh, I should actually sit down and actually watch the Lion King the cartoon just to know what the hell every other human being on the planet other than you and I uh, is, you know, is going on about when they say it's such a wonderful thing. Ah. Mm. We've given people a lot of extras in terms of time mm. on this on this week's Dum De Dum. We have. And I think we've given That's, them a lot to think about. Because we're kind of giving people. You know yes. they all turned off about 20 minutes ago, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, they actually don't. People surprisingly get to... Though it has to be said, Lucy, right, mm. when you look at the stats for Dum De Dum, because um, it does tell you where people actually tune out of the show. The first big drop happens after what? Take a wild guess. Uh... The theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> Your monologue, innit? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so people, ba- there are, I don't know as, what, what as a percentage, let's say 30% of listeners go, right, I'll suffer this arse, Royfield, uh, doing an intro. <laughs> just to hear him say, Lee, CD Ruins Week in Ambridge. And then they listen to that, they go, that's it, I've got stuff I need to do in my life, I'm out of this podcast. <laughs> Maybe about 20 to 25% of people actually do do that. And there are progressive steps throughout the show. But you'll be surprised. I think it's something like 40% of people actually stay to the bitter end. So there are people listening to this. And trust Hello, me. Hello, people. Pe- Listening to this. People will be, people will be, uh, by the time they hear this, will have already have set up their three uh, Gmail accounts and will have gone on to IT <laughs> and will be writing those reviews. <laughs> it's all for charity, Lucy. There's no purient <gasps> reason other than just. You've just said that so that I feel bad not doing it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing it. People not just it. want to donate to a good cause. I think, as a person who's going to do the strip, you should actually uh, nominate a charity. But I'll let you have a week to think about that. And I I definitely now need to say goodbye. Okay. Bye-bye. Well done, you.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm-hmm. 